With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Monday after the Premier League season came to a conclusion with Liverpool finishing in second place. Manchester City confirmed as Premier League champions after their 3-2 victory over Aston Villa and the Reds finishing second after a 3-1 win over Wolves. There was a point in the afternoon where it looked like the title may swing our way as City went 2-0 down to Villa at home. Goals from Matty Cash and Phil Coutinho put Villa 2-0 up. Bizarre substitutions from Steven Gerrard gifted the game back to Manchester City and City went on to win the league. Now, United fans and Everton fans have decided that we somehow lost the title, even though the only time we were top this season was back in week six after a 3-3 draw away to Brentford. City were 14 points clear of us at one point. The story of the second half of the season is nothing to do with us losing anything. It is the fact that we managed to claw back 13 of that 14-point lead that City had. The fact that we brought it to the final day is a miraculous achievement. The fact that we took a quadruple to the final day of the Premier League season is an unmatched achievement. And while United fans will clap their little hands and cheer that their treble still remains safe, it's worth remembering that this season, what we have accomplished is greater than what they accomplished that season. We've taken more points than they did that season. We've won more games than they did that season. We've competed on all four fronts, which they did not. The fact that we lost the title to a team that is financially doped and has broken every single FFP rule going merely just goes to show that we play in a much more difficult era. They had one good team to deal with. That was an Arsenal team who weren't set up to challenge for the title every single season. They weren't good enough or deep enough at that point. That wasn't the great Arsenal team. The great Arsenal team came a couple of years later. United's Premier League field was a lot easier than ours. They didn't have Chelsea with all the money they've spent over the last 20 years. I mean, Spurs 
were one of the better teams then. And that was a, a fairly poor Spurs team. Chelsea, pre-Roman, while attempting to spend their way into oblivion, I think they finished third that year. We weren't good. Like I say, the only team they really had to overcome was Ars- was Arsenal, and that was an Arsenal team not set up to really win back-to-back titles. So allow them their little moments. Allow them to stand and cheer and acknowledge how far Manchester United have fallen, that the highlight of their season is their neighbours winning the title. Ferguson said City wouldn't win a league title in his lifetime. He could think of nothing worse than City winning a league title. And their fans are cheering for a City victory yesterday. Everton getting spanked 5-1 at the Emirates, finishing 16th. An absolutely embarrassing season on all fronts. And looking at a future where they're likely to face a points deduction, they're going to face a lawsuit from Burnley because they broke every FFP rule in the Premier League, way outspent what, outspent what they're allowed to spend. And even with their attempts to cheat and claim COVID losses that aren't realistic in any way, shape or form, they still only finished 16th. They still barely survived in the Premier League. So Burnley are going to sue them because Burnley have gone down after playing within the rules. Everton broke the rules and stayed up. Everton are going to lose Richarlison this summer. They're probably going to lose Calvert-Lewin. And they're still going to have fat Frank Lampard as their manager, who's the worst manager in the league. So if Everton fans think that this was just a one-off season, I've got some bad news for them. Next season might be even worse. And when you're sacking Lampard in November, just remember who told you this guy's a crap manager. City fans are joyous, of course, and rightly so. Their team won the league. They won the Premier League. Well done. Nobody cares anymore. Your titles are meaningless because everybody knows that you've cheated to get them. Everybody knows. And to show you what an irrelevant club you are, your tweet 18 hours ago confirming champions, 19,000 likes. Our tweet two hours ago confirming the signing of a 19-year-old and a free transfer from from Fulham, 67,000 likes. We're a much bigger club than you'll ever be. You can have all your bulk followers on social media. City are an irrelevant club. It's just how it is. They don't even sell out their own stadium. They didn't sell out their own stadium on the final day of the season, going for the title. Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. Going for the title, last day of the season, And you couldn't sell out. What does that say? It says that you're not a big club. Liverpool, when greeting the team coach pre-game, will have tens of thousands of fans lining the streets. City greeted the coach yesterday with about 400 fans. 
No one cares about Man City other than City fans. And most of them are newcomer fans. The type of lads that supported Chelsea when they were winning, supported United when they were winning, and have just jumped on the, the glory train. But there's no glory in what City have done. There's no glory in spending all that money to buy success. Chelsea did it as well. Everybody viewed them the same way. At least in Chelsea's case, they've won two Champions Leagues. You've won none. And Pep Guardiola can lie to everybody and say that it's harder to win the Premier League than it is to win the Champions League. No, it's not. If that was the case, why do you have four Premier League titles and zero Champions Leagues? Why did Alex Ferguson win 13 league titles and only two Champions Leagues? If it was easy to win the Champions League, surely you do it with all the money you've spent. Liverpool's achievement in finishing second this year needs to be recognised. Think about this for one second. Manchester City spent £100 million on Jack Grealish in the summer. £100 million. He was on the bench yesterday. And when City were 2-0 down and needing to get back into the game, Pep didn't even look at him. He didn't even bring him on. Grealish sat on the bench for the entire 94 minutes. Never got a look in. If Jack Grealish wasn't a white lad from Birmingham who plays for England, he'd be getting the Paul Pogba treatment. He'd be called out as a flop. He'd be getting treated the way Lukaku has been. Lukaku has been a better signing for Chelsea than Grealish has been for City. Sancho was a better signing for United than Grealish has been for City. But yet those two get talked about all the time, even though Sancho walked into an absolute mess of a club, was managed by a PE teacher, and then a fella who hasn't coached fully in, a year, in 10 years. Lukaku's just very simply a bad fit at Chelsea. It has nothing to do with his ability. We know the guy is a great striker. Grealish has just been a flop. That's what we're up against. A team who can spend $100 million on one player, he can flop, and it doesn't affect them. If it wasn't for Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, the Premier League right now would be the Bundesliga. City would have five titles in a row. They'd have run away with all of them. Nobody would be close. And we'd be getting talked about as a farmer's league. There was 19 points from City to Chelsea this season. Last season, City won the league by 12 points and never really seemed to get out of second gear. The season we won the title, we finished 18 points ahead of City. They finished 15 points ahead of anybody else. 18-19, they finished 26 points clear of third place Chelsea. 17-18, 23 points clear of third place Tottenham. 19 clear of second place United. They're running away with the title if it's not for Liverpool. It's as simple as that. If it wasn't for Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, the Premier League would be the Bundesliga. 
one team would be dominating and it would be the most boring, predictable thing going. And here's the thing. We finished a point behind them. We've won two domestic cups. We're in a Champions League final. We're a better team than they are. Unfortunately for us, we're just spread a bit too thin this season. That's what it comes down to. This week, this gap we have now between Wolves yesterday and Real Madrid on Saturday is the first week in four months where we don't have a midweek game. Four months. You give Jurgen Klopp a couple more players, he'll be able to compete on all fronts and win on all fronts. The quadruple was close this season. We've proven it can be done. We have proven it can be done. But it can only be done by a really special team. And I think that's us. If anyone's going to do it, I think it will be us. Now, we may choose next season not to focus on the domestic cups, Having won them this season, it may be that full focus goes on just league and Champions League. And I'm okay with that next season because we've won them this year. But with Fabio Carvalho confirmed this morning, and we'll get to that in a sec, Calvin Ramsey looking like it's very, very possible coming in from Aberdeen. The Chuameni deal still in the works. And whatever else we do this summer, Next season, we're going to be better placed to go and try and win it all again. While United rebuild, while Arsenal find out that it's not as easy when you've got European football, while Tottenham continue to rebuild and Chelsea experience a new life under new owners who won't spend like Roman, while Everton battle relegation. It's going to be us and City again. And yes, they're, they're getting Haaland, but does he really improve them? I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, and he's going to score goals, but does he really improve them? Or will they lose something by adding that focal point number nine to their team? It'll be interesting to see. But what improvement can you really make on 93 points? Focusing back to us, Fabio Carvalho confirmed, and it has been confirmed that we are not planning to loan him out. We are going to keep him. He is going to be part of the squad for next season. I think... It's a big, big addition. I think this is a super talented young player. Adding him to this younger core that we're starting to build with Kanate. We know we have Curtis. We know we have Harvey. Calvin Ramsey, if he arrives, we already have Trent, obviously. Diaz is younger than the rest. Jota is younger than the rest up front. many if he arrives. Kate Gordon. Bunch of other kids from the academy. It's very, very promising, and it's safeguarding our future. 
And based on the season that Carvalho has just had, he could play a significant enough role next season for us as a squad attacker. You could see him replacing Tacky, playing a bigger role than Tacky did this season. But basically, you know, Tacky goes, Carvalho comes in, and that's that taken care of. 11 goals and 8 assists this season. Scorer and creator. Playing in a very, very physical league in the championship. That's something to be excited about. And if we have him and Diaz now as our left-wing options, that's really strong. And if it's Mo and Jota as the right-wing options, that's really strong. I still think Sadio will go, but if he sticks around, if he signs a new deal and it's Sadio and Bobby as the front two, that's really good. And then you get Cade Gordon as your seventh attacker, and that's fine. That group is absolutely fine. We can run with that next season. If Sadio goes, there'll be options to bring in. If Bobby goes, there'll be options to bring in. If Bobby left, I'd love us to get João Pedro from Watford. I think he's a massive talent. I think one of Sadio or Bobby probably goes. I think it's more likely to be Sadio on the basis that I think his contract is harder to do than a contract for Bobby. And he's got much more value on the transfer market than Bobby would have. So I'm not sure what interest there would be in Bobby. I could see there'd been a lot of interest in Sadio, especially coming off a productive season like he's had this year. We could bring in Nkunku, kind of a like for like. If we wanted to go for a, a number nine, you'd have options like Osimian or Darwin Nunes or Isak from Sociedad. We could go with any of those. Would mean a slight change to how we play, but I think it's one that we could benefit from. The Chuameni deal, at the moment, it seems like it's us or Real. Now, both Dave Maddock, who hasn't been right about anything since calling Gerard Houllier's departure back in 2004, and Paul Gorst of the Echo, who famously said that Thiago was a transfer rooted in fiction. Uh, they've said that Liverpool have been told he's going to Real Madrid. But all reports from France are that Liverpool are his priority. Liverpool is his preferred destination. Liverpool makes more sense for him. He comes to us, he's a guaranteed starter. Chiumeni, Fabinho, Thiago, that's the midfield. He goes to Real, he's on the bench. He's on the bench, he's the fifth midfielder there because Modric and Cruz will continue to start. Valverde is the first backup in those number eight positions. They've got Camavinga, who's unbelievable. And of course, Casemiro is their starting six. And I think he's a six for them. I think he's an eight for us. I think he's a six for Real. So he's the backup to Camavinga to, to uh, Casemiro. And the thing is, if he joins us, he can still do Real Madrid in five years. Join us, become the best midfielder in the world, and then you can go to Real in five years' time. Seems like that would be the sensible thing for him to do. Paul Joyce has reported this morning that we will listen to offers for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. James Pierce has reported that Thiago's injury 
is an Achilles issue, that it's not serious, and that there is hope he will make the Champions League final. Now, it may be that he just makes the bench, um, in which case you'd imagine it'll be Henderson, Fabinho and Naby as the starting three, and then we bring Thiago on. That could be a really good situation. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to keep everything crossed. It's at least positive news on the injury front. But big news today is obviously the Carvalho addition. Super talented player, has shades of Coutinho about him, plays wide, plays as a 10, could be developed into a number eight, 19 years of age, huge ceiling, and one we should all be excited about. Simple as that. And there was also mention I saw from Neil Jones that one of the things Liverpool will look to do next season is maybe play 4-2-3-1 a little bit more, play that four-attacker lineup that we saw yesterday and, and at times this season. And he could be an option as the number 10. And that's that's exciting. And it, it is interesting. The 4-2-3-1 actually suits more of our players than the 4-3-3. Now, the question would be where would Mo play? I'd imagine he plays as the nine. So you could go Mo and Jota as the nines. Mane right wing. Elliot kind of as a backup for him. Bobby is the 10 with... Carvalho as the backup. Maybe Bobby is the 10 with Jones as the backup. Diaz Carvalho left side or Diaz Jones left side. And then you've got a midfield core of Fabinho, Thiago, Chiumeni, Nabi, and, and Brian. So that wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be bad at all. Interesting to see. We've got a lot of interesting things ahead. But Focus needs to be on the Champions League final. As, as disappointing as yesterday was, it is worth remembering. It was never in our hands. Never. It was always in City's hands. We didn't lose the title yesterday. If we lost the title at any point, we lost it pre-Christmas with some silly draws, with the defeat to Leicester, you know, even the defeat at um, West Ham, you know, things like that. The, the, the Brentford game, the Brighton game, you look at our results this season, and those are the games that cost us. I'll go into them more tomorrow. We'll go, we'll go through the games tomorrow and, and, and see what we can see. But um, all things considered, this season's a massive success for us already. Two cups in the bag, you can't complain. Two cups in the bag and second in the Premier League. Just, just remember where we were. Just remember where we were when Klopp took over. Just remember where we were the season before he took over, finishing sixth in a weak Premier League. The season he took over, we were a mess. Now, we only finished eighth in the league, but we got to two finals that year. And from there, it's just been continued growth. Fourth place, then fourth place in the Champions League final. Second in the Champions League win. Title winners. Last season, obviously, was a mess, but we still got third. This season, second, two Cups, Champions League final. If you're not happy with that, there's something wrong with you. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. 
The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.